0: examining the events that impact and shape china and the rest of the world this is the beijing hour one hour of news and information brought to you every weekday now here's your host shane bigham with you on this monday january 15th 2024 you're listening to the beijing hour coming to you live from the chinese capital. On today's program, the Chinese Premier is leading a delegation to the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland this week. Uh, The White House is expecting lower intensity in fighting in Gaza. The China Manned Space Agency says the Tianzhou-7 cargo mission is almost ready to lift off for China's space station. In business, the Beijing Stock Exchange's new corporate bond market. In sports, a tough first round matchup for Novak Djokovic at the Australian Open. In culture and entertainment, uh, art exhibitions marking 60 years of different Diplomatic ties between China and France We're now checking the day's top stories Chinese Premier Li Chung is leading a delegation to the World Economic Forum in Davos Switzerland this week uh, Kim Huai Neo of the WF managing board says the forum welcomes China's participation
1: I think we stand a much better chance of addressing global problems and challenges with China's active engagement right uh, and this scope for innovation in policy Scope of for innovation in technology, innovation in solutions, business models is something that uh, we hope uh, and we, we believe that China will be able to actively contribute to right? uh, and, uh, and be part of the solution process. Uh, and more importantly, to focus on solutions and partnerships.
0: The Managing Director for the WEF Centre for Nature and Climate also says the perspectives that Chinese leaders and businesses can offer will help the global community come together to solve issues such as the supply and value chains and climate. This year's World Economic Forum is convening under the theme Rebuilding Trust. We spoke with Chairman Klaus Schwab about the importance of trust under the current global circumstances.
2: If we compare the world uh, today with the world before uh, we had the COVID pandemics, we we find a completely different mood. First, um, uh, the world has become very fearful, um, very fragmented, of course. um, And um, in such a situation, um, trust has vanished. We have lost trust to a certain extent in each another. because we all have become under the pressure of the crisis, of the multiple crises. We have become more egoistic. So, um, and if you are more egoistic, you think first of yourself, and this distorts an atmosphere of trust. So, if we want to recreate, and that's the objective of the annual meetings this year. We want to recreate a new spirit, a much more constructive spirit. Again, looking forward and having confidence in our future. And that's the reason why we have uh, chosen this theme, um, rebuilding trust.
0: The WF chairman also says they've set an early date for this year's gathering to leave room for planning.
2: Uh, The annual meeting of the World Economic Forum is taking place at the beginning of the year. And in such a way, it allows us, it allows allows global decision makers to take the pulse of the state of the world and to do so in a very integrated, holistic way. And afterwards, also to look for common ground and, if possible, to find some solutions for the numerous problems we have today.
0: And that was the World Economic Forum's chairman on this year's event. Well, discussions at the Davos Forum will include security and artificial intelligence. Uh, Juliette Mann takes a look at why they're the biggest challenges and what approach can be adopted to face up to them.
3: The power elite are in town, 1,600 global businesses, 150 notable disruptors across industries and 60 heads of state and government, including China's Premier Li Chang, who'll ponder the global challenges the world is facing and how to solve them at the World Economic Forum's 2024 annual meeting. The theme this year is rebuilding trust, promoting a back-to-basics spirit of openness and looking at the world's problems through four main lenses. Firstly, security, defence spending is rising as bitter conflicts rage in Europe, the Middle East and Africa. Cyber attacks are also a growing threat. Next, economic growth and jobs, how can a decade of sluggishness be avoided? And can we harness artificial intelligence to benefit all? How should we balance the need for regulation as well as innovation for societal good? Lastly, climate change. How can we develop a carbon neutral world by 2050? If that all sounds a bit heavy, it's because the global risks outlook is gloomy. Last year, the buzzword was polycrisis. Lots of tensions all coming together, from environmental degradation, global conflicts and economic stress not much has changed since then according to the World Economic Forum they liken it to a big bowl of spaghetti of complex and intertwined risks and if you try and tug at a bit of it it's so slippery everything moves around you don't know where to start so you need a strategy And you need people to build momentum.
4: So, the way the program and the way the annual meeting will move and evolve over the course of the next week uh, will be to focus a lot on solutions to really get the leaders, both from the public and the private sector, come together and what we had noticed on our side is for far too long, people have focused a lot on the diagnosis of the problems. Um, and that's something which we want to change. And that's the narrative which we want to kind of take forward. The second front of it is to provide leaders with the right insights. Because if you are to take a decision, if you are to take uh, move towards solutions, you need to have the right insights. You need to have the right foresight for, uh, foresight for it as well.
0: And that was a look at the main agenda on this year's uh, Davos Forum in Switzerland. Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi has signed a plan on further committing the China-Egypt Comprehensive Strategic Partnership during his visit in Cairo. Uh, During the first stop of Wang's four-nation Africa tour, the senior Chinese diplomat also discussed the situation in Gaza and China's ties with the Arab world with Egyptian and Arab officials. Adele al-Marouki has more from Cairo.
5: Egypt was the first stop in Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi's Africa tour. He held talks with Egyptian President Abdel Fattah el Sisi. Wang delivered a congratulatory message from Chinese President Xi Jinping to el Sisi following his re election last month. The Chinese diplomat reiterated China's commitment to support Egypt's developmental
3: aspirations. <laughs>
6: China and Chinese companies have through the past 10 years had their great participation in Egypt's development efforts. We value what China has achieved in development. It is a role model for developing countries for work and political will to progress and develop. We look forward to benefiting from the Chinese model. The fields of cooperation between us are numerous.
5: Egypt once again reaffirmed its commitment to the one-China principle, as well as cooperating with China in resolving regional crises. The war in Gaza topped the talks
4: between the two foreign ministers. We are working with Arab and Islamic countries to seize the fire and fighting. The Palestinian crisis has lasted for 76 years. This is a historic injustice that should not continue any longer. A ceasefire and an end of fighting must be reached as soon as possible. That is an ultimate priority that surpasses any other considerations. Ensuring the flow of aid is an ethical commitment that cannot be postponed. The resolutions regarding the aid to Gaza issued by the Security Council must be implemented.
5: According to the two foreign ministers, lasting peace in the Middle East must be through the creation of an independent Palestinian state. Wang and Shukri said that the international community must endorse a time plan to reach that goal. Palestine, too, topped the talks with the Secretary-General of the Arab League, Ahmed Aboul Ghit. Wang's last official meeting in Cairo also discussed means to expand the China-era cooperation forum so that it can be a platform to support development in the region. Wang Yi's visit so China and Egypt commit to boosting their bilateral relations throughout the next five years. The two foreign ministers have signed the executive program that will guide the two countries' comprehensive strategic partnership until 2028.
0: That was Adele Al-Marouki on the Chinese foreign minister's visit to Egypt. Well, the next leg of Wang Yi's tour is in Tunisia. China and the North African country marked 60 years of diplomatic relations last week. A vlogger from Tunisia has shared his observations on the relationship between China and the North African country. Uh, Daya Nemri is working in Hangzhou, and he said many companies are benefiting from the growing relations between China and Tunisia.
7: Multiple companies from the export and import field rely on this relationship to keep their business going. And, uh, for decades, it's easy to find local products, let's say from Tunisia, uh, in China. Like, you don't need to get on any website to order anything from China to get it to Tunisia and vice versa. It's, it's been always easy and we have local markets where you can, uh, go and, and find Chinese products. And here in China too, you can go and, and find products that are from actually Tunisia
0: uh, the Tunisian government's implemented a, a visa-free policy for Chinese individuals or groups traveling to Tunisia since October. Anemri expressed his hope for closer exchanges and better understanding between the people.
7: As far as I know, that Chinese people don't need to apply for any any visa to go and visit the country. I also hope that um, China becomes uh, more open and accessible to the rest of the world and more. Tunisian citizens come and visit, study or work, do business here, just explore and get connected to the Chinese society.
0: The Tunisian national also says while his home country is nothing like China in terms of size, he hopes more people will come and visit and enjoy its slow pace and tourist attractions. China has welcomed Nauru's announcement on its commitment to one China. On Monday, the Pacific Island country announced its decision to sever ties with Taiwan authorities and re-establish diplomatic ties with China. A spokesperson from China's Foreign Ministry says Nauru's decision demonstrates once again that the One China principle is the trend of the times. The spokesperson says China is willing to usher in a new chapter of bilateral ties with Nauru based on the One China principle. The State Council's Taiwan affairs office also says it appreciates Nauru's decision. Uh, Coming up, Washington expects to see less intense fighting in Gaza. Ever wondered what's actually going on in Africa through the perspective of an African?
8: How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? Well, get a perspective with China-Africa Talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get on our wavelength every week to find out what's real with China Africa Talk. Find us on your favorite
0: podcast. We'll see you there. 12 minutes past the hour. The White House says it's time for Israel to scale back its military operations in Gaza. However, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu insists that his country will continue its campaign until what he calls a total victory. Nearly 24,000 people have died as the Israel-Hamas conflict reaches the 100-day mark. Hamas says it's lost contact with some hostages under heavy Israeli shelling. Meanwhile, the Israeli military says it's completed a series of strikes on Lebanon after a missile from across the border killed two civilians in Israel. Hezbollah's leader says Israel's failed to achieve its goals and the group won't stop cross-border attacks until a ceasefire is in place for Gaza. He also addressed the issue of hostilities in the Red Sea. Zara al reports from Beirut.
9: Hezbollah Secretary General Hassan Nasrallah warns that U.S. strikes against Yemen will harm all shipping in the Red Sea. In a televised speech on Sunday marking the one-week anniversary since a senior military commander was killed, Nasrallah said aggression by the U.S. and its allies is foolish and will not prevent the Houthis from targeting ships which are linked to Israel.
7: What the Americans did in the Red Sea will harm the security of all maritime navigation. Israeli ships and ships going to occupy Palestine will continue to be targeted.
9: He reiterated the only way to stop the conflict on multiple fronts in the region is reaching a ceasefire in Gaza.
7: The security of the Red Sea, the peace at the Lebanese border, the situation in Iraq and all developments in the region all depends on one thing, stopping the aggression against Gaza.
9: Nasrallah announced Hezbollah's readiness for war if the southern front did not calm down. He had previously warned during a speech last week the fighting would be without sealing the rules, warning Israel of the consequences of waging a war against Lebanon. He accused the U.S. administration of contradiction between words and deeds regarding the expansion of the conflict in the region.
2: Well, the U.S. uh, tried to send threats against Lebanon, warning of uh, imminent Israeli uh, escalation. However, the response of Hezbollah was that we are not afraid of uh, such an escalation. We have all the means to defend Lebanon, to uh, retaliate and to inflict heavy injuries and casualties on the Israelis, especially that uh, the uh, resistance in Lebanon is much stronger than the resistance in Gaza.
9: During his speech, Nasrallah said the Israeli army was unable to achieve any of its declared or undeclared goals in Gaza. He said intimidation is of no use. He added that Israel is the one which should fear war and be scared.
0: That was Zahra al in Beirut. A Severe weather in the United States is a cause for concern in Iowa ahead of the first voting event of the presidential election. Snow and prolonged freezing temperatures over the weekend have hampered or forced the cancellation of some campaign events. The National Weather Service has warned of life-threatening wind chills. The latest poll suggests that former President Donald Trump will win the state as Republican candidates deliver the final push of their campaigns. Dan Williams reports from Des Moines.
6: After months on the campaign trail, crisscrossing crossing the tiny but significant U.S. state of Iowa, it all comes down to this. The first vote well. in this year's presidential election will be cast in Monday evening's Iowa caucuses. It will provide an indication as to who voters want as the Republican presidential candidate. Former President Donald Trump is the front runner. But Florida governor Ron DeSantis and South Carolina's former governor, Nikki Haley, are both hopeful of an upset. And soon the Iowa public will have its say.
10: The first person that I went to listen to was Nikki Haley. I immediately felt very confident and comfortable with her. And every day since then, she has convinced me she's a fresh voice. It's gonna be DeSantis
2: or it's gonna be
6: Haley,
10: okay? Trump cannot do it in a general i believe that
5: trump
8: is going to um, win
6: the freezing winter weather has already had an impact on what was expected to be a final frantic push on the campaign trail trump cancelled three of the four rallies that he had planned for the weekend the former president's campaign also continues to face a variety of legal challenges so after a bruising few months on the campaign trial across Iowa, the Republican presidential candidates will soon find out whether their message has resonated with voters. But the Iowa caucuses are more than simply who gets the most votes. The latest poll suggests Trump will win big in Iowa, but also predicts Haley will edge past DeSantis to finish second. The question of who comes in second is really important.
11: Ron DeSantis Has put all of his efforts and energy into Iowa. Um, He's crisscrossed the state. If he finishes third, he's in real trouble. Nikki Haley, in contrast, has been um, doing much better in New Hampshire, which is the state that happens after Iowa. So if she comes in second, right, she has momentum. The story becomes Donald Trump wins, that's obvious, but that the real
6: challenge to him now is Nikki Haley. This is just the first nominating vote in a long primary season, but the pressure on the various candidates for a good showing in Iowa is already clear to see.
0: That was Dan Williams reporting. Local media say North Korea has tested a new solid-fuel hypersonic missile with intermediate range. KCNA 8 news agency says the launch was aimed at testing the reliability of new multi-stage high-thrust solid-fuel engines. An intermediate-range hypersonic and maneuverable warhead was also reportedly tested. Pyongyang says the test did not pose a security threat to neighboring countries. At the same time, a delegation led by North Korean Foreign Minister Cho so- visited Russia. The missile launch and the visit to Russia come amid growing tensions on the Korean peninsula. The growing tension follows Pyongyang's series of intercontinental ballistic missile launches, as well as its first military spy satellite. National security advisors have held a new round of discussions on a formula for peace in Ukraine. They're working to help set the groundwork for Russia to join. Swiss co-host of the talk said, ahead of the World Economic Forum meetings, that the goal is still some way off. Evangelos Sipsis has more.
11: The president of Ukraine, Zelensky, was not there, but the Swiss federal councillor Ignacio Cassis was there. He answered a number of questions to the media, and specifically most of those questions, there was a similar answer, that Russia needs to be involved. Russia needs to be on board, and Russia needs to be taken into consideration. He pretty much said that if Moscow is not included into these talks, then peace on that region will not come. And he says that we need to take that into consideration, and we need to find a formula of discussion with him, and bringing them to the table in order to find a solution. Now, he also mentioned that a number of countries that are involved in this national security advisory meeting, uh, over 83 countries are actually involved, a lot of them from the BRICS, including Brazil and Saudi Arabia. He mentioned that those countries play a significant role because simply they are uh, close to Russia, they trust each other, and they can influence them to sit down on the table. Now, he also mentioned that nor Russia, neither Ukraine uh, has any territorial concessions uh, from this meeting that discussed earlier, but also pledged that they will give about half a billion dollars in uh, Ukraine to be able to de- to demine and also for humanitarian purposes.
0: And that was Evangelosipsis in Davos thousands of military and police officers have raided several prisons in Ecuador after a week of violence and detentions of more than 100 officials. They were searching for weapons, ammunition, and explosives. The operation comes a day after President Daniel Noboa said the official body that controls the prisons announced the release of nearly 170 prison officials, or officers rather, and administrative staff who'd been held by inmates for six days. Security forces reportedly seized explosives, electrical appliances and liquor. Coming up, China's next cargo mission to the country's space station is almost ready to go.
11: Dive into news like never before with Deep Dive, the podcast from CGTN Radio. Join our global reporters for captivating stories and thought-provoking conversations. Search Deep Dive on your favorite podcast platform and get ready to dive in.
0: Uh, 21 minutes past the hour. The China Manned Space Agency says the Tianzhou-7 cargo spacecraft will lift off soon. It's already vertical at the launch area with its carrier rocket. Uh, various systems tests are underway. Uh, China's reduced the frequency of missions for resupplying its space station. Uh, In Yurei with the uh, Astronaut Center of China explains. You are, you are, Thanks
12: to
11: the advanced and scientific design of the large-scale in-orbit equipment and scientific experimental gear on our space station, we are not in urgent need of resupply
12: from cargo ships. Our space station's regenerative life support system is running smoothly, regenerating 10% of oxygen resources and recycling 95% of water resources. This high level of efficiency in resource reproduction significantly reduces the payload wait for cargo ships.
0: Tanjo 7 will provide supplies for the three astronauts now working in space and the upcoming crew that will replace them. Construction of the landmark, uh, a landmark in Shanghai's uh, Lingang Free Trade Area has witnessed a significant breakthrough. Uh, Chen Tong has a story.
1: The ring-shaped structure is named the Ring of Lingang Glory and is designed to become the future landmark in Shanghai's Lingang Free Trade Zone. The topping out ceremony for the ring was held on Monday. With the last piece of the arc being connected to the remaining parts, the ring shape is complete.
8: The entire process will take about three days. After closure, we will unload the construction machines and complete the structure construction before the spring festival. We plan to install the curtain wall after the holiday.
1: Located an hour and a half drive from Shanghai city center. The Glory Ring is the component of the Dishui Lake Financial Bay in the Lingang Free Trade Zone. The first phase of the bay began construction in 2020 and is expected to be operational by the end of
13: this year.
12: The section here is designed to become another Lu Jiazui in Shanghai because Lingang is determined to reach a GDP of 1 trillion yuan by 2035. Establishing a financial hub is top priority.
1: The Dishui Lake Financial Bay is still under construction but he has a very ambitious plan. He hopes to attract over 800 financial institutions and investment companies in the future, with an annual financing value reaching over 30%. In addition to the hardware constructions, Lingang is also enhancing the construction of a precious metal warehouse and
0: establishing a cross-border-reminbi usage platform to attract more financial firms. That was Chen Tong reporting from Shanghai. There's a growing interest in bird-watching in China, with the country's improving environment. It's driven a new wave of tourists and bird lovers to parts of uh, rural areas boosting local economies. Han Long went to a bird-watching site in East China.
13: Ever dreamed of a leisurely bike tour with friends, surrounded by nature's charm? A group of young cycling enthusiasts have turned this dream into reality. They explore Nanji wetland and met a new influx of visitors to the area looking to immerse in the nature's charms admire the various species of microchip birds soaring overhead we're in a group of 10 people and it is about 70 kilometer right from nanchang to here we saw the different species of microchip birds incredibly close up it felt very harmonious to be so close to nature winter transformed the nancy wetland into a haven for hundreds of thousands of microchip birds marking the peak bird watching season As tourists and photography enthusiasts flock to appreciate the spectacle, local fishermen have transformed their yards into homestay accommodations.
8: More and more migratory birds and tourists come here each year. I've hosted visitors from Russia and even as far as the United States.
13: The groups of local tourists also fuse consumption, with bird watching tents, photography equipment, and telescopes all seeing a job in sales. A Jinhua-based optical instrument manufacturer is taking advantage of the new trend, producing specialized birdwatching Google's, goggles, which can boost magnification up by 60 times.
4: In 2023,
8: we produced about 150,000 pieces, and we are continually ramping up production. Before the Lunar New Year, we still need to produce over 40,000 more pieces.
13: With four of nine major global migration routes passing through the country, China remains a haven for many of the world's endangered bird species. Beyond their enchanting beauty, they're also helping to crave a sustainable path for local economic growth and
0: prosperity. That was Hanlong on the economic and environmental benefits of birdwatching in China. The Danish Prime Minister has formally proclaimed Crown Prince Frederick as King Frederick X. It comes after Queen Margrethe II formally signed her abdication after 52 years as monarch and handed the throne to her eldest son. Thousands of people gathered outside the palace where the royal succession took place.
2: He will be fantastic and, and we, uh, we love his
1: speech and, uh, and his, uh, everything he said and, uh, and we're looking so much forward to, uh, to him being our king for now. It was
5: uh, good, a bit emotional also. Um, it's new times because I, I love the, our, our queen as well.
0: Uh, Frederick X and uh, his wife, Queen Mary's eldest son, Christian, becomes crown prince and heir to the throne. 83-year-old Margrethe is the first Danish monarch to voluntarily relinquish the throne in nearly 900 years. At least 11 people are dead amid heavy rains in Brazil's Rio de Janeiro state over the weekend. Rio Mayor Eduardo Paes has announced a state of emergency, while President Luiz Inacio Lula da Silva's government offered federal support. The weather station in one neighborhood measured over 250 millimeters of rain in a 24-hour period, the highest since 1997. The rains flooded streets, the metro line, and homes, bringing down trees and causing landslides.
13: It's sad, but we have a group that helps. That's the way it is to start all over again.
0: Uh, firefighters attended over 200 calls considering the severe weather including floods landslides and stranded people we're at 28 minutes past the hour checking the forecast before the break and beijing's a minus seven on monday evening tuesday will be cloudy and plus four nanchung's down to six degrees tonight then cloudy and 17 elsewhere in asia islamabad's four this evening sunny and 17 on tuesday vntn's at 19 overnight then sunny and 31 phnom penh's 24 this evening overcast and 35 tomorrow. In Africa, Nairobi will see a light rainfall with a high of 28 on Tuesday. Compatible is 20 overnight, then a light rainfall in 25 degrees. Juba is down to 23 degrees, and then tomorrow cloudy in 38. It's time for a short break. So far this hour, the Chinese Premier is leading a delegation to the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. The White House is expecting less intense fighting in Israel in the Gaza Strip. And the China Man Space Agency says the Tianzhou-7 cargo mission is almost ready to lift off with China's space station. And Shane Bigham with you. Stay with us here on the Beijing Hour. I love you. I love you.
10: This might be the easiest way to say I love you, since there are so many other romantic expressions. No matter if you're a rookie, 你好, or a sophisticated learner, there is definitely something that will interest you. Check out Takeaway Chinese, a world that starts with 你好
0: Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world, This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you
6: every weekday.
0: Now here's your host. Shane Begum with you on this Monday, still to come. In business, the Beijing Stock Exchange's new corporate bond market. In sports, tough first round matchup for Novak Djokovic at the Australian Open. In culture and entertainment, art exhibitions marking 60 years of diplomatic ties between China and France. Contact us. You can email radio at cgtn.com or follow our X account, formerly Twitter, at CGTN Radio. First of all, though, a check of the day's headline news. Chinese President Xi Jinping has congratulated Denmark's King Frederick X for ascending the throne on Sunday. President Xi says since China and Denmark established diplomatic relations 74 years ago, cooperations yielded many results. He says he's willing to work with King Frederick to push forward the China-Denmark Comprehensive Strategic Partnership to a new level. President Xi also sent his greetings to former Danish Queen Margrethe II, who abdicated after 52 years. Chinese Premier Li Cheng's expressed the country's readiness to deepen cooperation with Switzerland in various fields. The Premier went on a ride on a special train from Zurich to Bern with Swiss President Viola Amherd. Uh, Li said China is advancing its modernization and is ready to enhance exchanges and mutual learning with Switzerland. Amherd said that many Swiss companies have achieved good performance in investment and development in China and they're willing to further deepen their presence in the Chinese market. The Chinese Premiers, in Switzerland to attend the World Economic Forum annual meeting and pay an official visit to the country. Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi has called for an end to the harassment of commercial ships in the Red Sea, an important international trade route for goods and energy. Speaking in Cairo, Wang also stressed the need to safeguard unimpeded global production and supply chains, as well as the international trade order. He said the current tense situation in the Red Sea shows the spillover effect of the ongoing conflict in the Gaza Strip. He said it's necessary for all parties to jointly safeguard the safety of sea lanes in the Red Sea in accordance with the law while respecting the sovereignty and territorial integrity of countries along the Red Sea, including Yemen. The Pacific island nation of Nauru has announced that it'll sever its so-called diplomatic ties with the Taiwan region. The Nauru government says it now recognizes the government of the People's Republic of China as the sole legal government representing the whole of China and seeks to restore full diplomatic relations with Beijing. The Chinese foreign ministries welcome the move, saying that China is willing to open a new chapter in bilateral relations with Nauru based on the one-China principle. Leaders of talks on the Ukrainian president's peace formula say a growing number of countries are working to help set the groundwork for Russia to join one day. Uh, The fourth such meeting of national security advisors was held in Davos, Switzerland, where Volodymyr Zelensky is set to attend the World Economic Forum's annual meeting. Zelensky's chief of staff, Andrei Yermak, uh, says that it's a good sign that the number of participants at conferences on the president's peace formula is growing.
4: It's important that uh, all the countries who is coming they really, honestly, want to participate and to help to end this war and to uh, bring the peace. But there is a different thought idea, how it's possible to do. And different countries have the different experience.
0: Zelensky's presented a 10-point peace formula that seeks the expulsion of all Russian forces from Ukraine and accountability for war crimes. Russia's rejected such ideas. Many parts of the United States suffered a winter storm over the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday weekend. Meteorological authorities say an arctic blast from Canada caused temperatures to plummet across areas from the northwest all the way into the rust belt. A powerful blizzard has pulled the or put the brakes on the political campaigning in Iowa as republicans vying for the 2024 presidential candidacy canceled events due to the weather conditions. Some residents say they find it hard to make it to the caucus sites.
10: If there was significant ice, I would have some difficulty getting there. Um, that's the thing that will you know, throw you at, up, up the curb, uh, make it so that you can't go. Although I do have a, a better car for the weather now. I had a real road drive for a while, and that was terrible. You know, you can't go up the hill. Um, but a lot of people have vehicles that would deal with that. You just have to go slow and steady.
0: Authorities say wind chills are expected across Iowa at least until Tuesday. Extreme weather events also impacted the Midwest, the Pacific Northwest, and uh, parts of the Northeast. Snow, ice, and strong winds have downed trees and cut power to hundreds of thousands of customers. Uh, The NFL also postponed the games between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Buffalo Bills on Sunday due to an unexpected blizzard. This is Shane Begum in the Chinese Capital. Coming up in business, the Beijing Stock Exchange's new corporate bond market.
10: Discover the realities and responses to our changing climate with Climate Watch. Uncover critical issues such as the maasai murrays disrupted rotor beast migration and the drop in the Panama Canal's water levels. Delve into solutions for a sustainable future. Tune in to Climate Watch on your favorite podcast platform become more eco-conscious and take action to protect our planet.
0: 36 past the hour turning to business and starting with the Chinese mainland markets which closed mixed on Monday. Wang Yin has more.
9: Let's start with the Milan stocks and mainland stocks and bounce struggled for direction today after the People's Bank of China surprised the markets by leaving the interest rate unchanged. The Shanghai Composite Index gained 0.15% while the Shenzhen Component Index lost a 0.36% recouping some losses from last week. And the CSI 300 Index was down 0.1% at the close after dropping as much as 0.7% earlier in the day. Shares of new energy companies were down 1.5% and the Fed stocks lost 2.4%. Shares in tourism firms dropped to 2.6%. Meanwhile, shares of Harmony OS concept rebounded strongly as Huawei is set to launch Harmony OS next this Thursday in Shenzhen. Shares of Yawood Electronics Shandong jumped more than 16% and several related stocks also followed suit.
0: That was Wang Yin in Shanghai. In Hong Kong, the Hang Seng Index dropped nearly two-tenths of a percent. In Japan, the Nikkei gained more than nine-tenths of a percent the Beijing Stock Exchange's corporate bond markets officially open for trading. On the first day, three corporate bonds were listed on that exchange, with a total issuance of nearly 2.5 billion yuan, or roughly 349 million U.S. dollars. So far, the Beijing Stock Exchange has formed a basic bond product system, including central government bonds, local government bonds, corporate bonds, sci-tech innovation bonds, and green bonds. And according to the Beijing Stock Exchange, it will further enrich the market product system, and strengthen market supervision to promote the high-quality development of the bond market. Industry data shows that China maintained its top position in the global shipbuilding market in 2023, with strong growth in uh, both output and new orders. The country's shipbuilding output climbed nearly 12 percent to surpass 42 million deadweight tons, and accounting for more than 50 percent of the world's total. New orders surged more than 56 percent to over 71 million deadweight tons, uh, taking up more than 66 percent of the global total. And for more on the country's shipbuilding Industry. Lily Liu spoke with Liu Juchin, senior fellow at Renmin University.
10: Mr. Liu, so China has become the only country in the world to achieve comprehensive growth in all those three key indicators, that is output, new orders, and orders on hand. What are the implications of this for China's shipbuilding industry moving forward?
4: I should say in the past 40 years, China's shipbuilding industry has been well developed from the last position to the the number one, that is the strongest shipbuilding country in the world. As we know that uh, especially along the automobile industry uh, uh, development, now the shipbuilding is becoming more uh, a key uh, element in supporting the uh, automobile industry. So As we know, the new uh, ships, uh, for instance, the, the row-on-row uh, uh, of uh, ships are uh, still measure the supplies for or deliver the vehicles to different areas and continents so in this way we show that the capability can tell the whole global market that what is china what china can do china is the only country that they can do everything what they want what the global market is willing China to do just as the good answer to the high official of the that was a forum, the high officer, he asked, because the world, the global has questions or the doubt whether China can really master the challenges we need. Now the answer is clear that China is the major supply chain and also major supply in all over the field. So we can master all challenges what we are facing.
9: Well,
13: Mr Liu, China holds about 23% of the world's shipbuilding patents. How is
12: that contributing to the global shipbuilding industry?
4: As At the very beginning of the shipbuilding, I remember that China's shipbuilding patent is only 5% of the global list. Nowadays, it's already 23. This is a long-time effort that China's shipbuilding engineers and scientists they have to try to get the result but in my opinion that 30 percent of the total uh, uh, patterned list of the global market should be our next target only by doing so that china can make a greater contribution to support the world and the globalization especially in the Shipbuilding. as when the shipbuilding is a comprehensive capability, shows and reflects a comprehensive strength in technical, in science and in engineering.
0: And that was Liu Zhiqin, Senior Fellow at Renmin University, talking about China's shipbuilding industry. Overseas warehouses are serving as new channels for Chinese exporters to reach global consumers in an efficient and low-cost manner. According to official statistics, more than 60 companies in Ningbo, Zhejiang province, are operating over 210 overseas warehouses in 22 countries, which cover a total area of over 3.4 million square meters. The Ningboa Discovery International Logistics Company built three new warehouses in the United States last year, covering an area of 55 5,000 square meters, the new bases increase the company's overseas warehouse capacity to over 200,000 square meters. A uh, President of the company Xu Guanghui says the new platforms greatly help the company improve its work efficiency and lower costs. Traditional logistics requires coordination and in-person
8: contact among different departments, and sometimes among different companies. But now, data analysis helps us free from troubles and greatly enhances our efficiency. Based on scientific data analysis, we tell the customers how to stock up. This can reduce their costs in different
0: links. By updating data about overseas warehouses in real-time, the system connects all links of the cross-border e-commerce supply chain on a single platform. Based on data analysis, customer service teams can carry out intelligent warehouse distribution and help customers make more targeted product planning. Nanjing in eastern China led the way in the country last year for clearing exports covered by the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership Agreement on certificates of origin. More than 33 billion yuan or roughly uh, 4.6 billion U.S. dollars of goods were stamped through Nanjing Customs under that agreement. Goods with an RCEP certificate of origin receive preferential treatment when they're exported to other member countries. The certificates issued by Nanjing Customs last year mainly covered goods like clothing, chemicals, and plastics. With the escalating tensions in the Red Sea and the Gaza Strip, Jordan's import and export trade and supply chains have been greatly affected. Uh, Aqaba, the only seaport in Jordan, has been hit hard. According to estimates from Jordanian authorities, the transportation costs of goods imported from Southeast Asia have increased by around 160 to 170 percent, and the transportation costs of goods imported from North America and Europe have also uh, also risen uh, by 60 to 100 percent. Mohamed Kawazmi with the Jordan Chamber of Commerce says uh, the price of shipping goods through the Aqaba port has become expensive due various reasons.
4: The current quick alternative is to use ports in the Gulf countries, including ports in places like Dubai and others. But the problem is that the cost of land transportation is also very high, and even in the Gulf, the price of sea transportation is higher than before. In addition, with more countries to pass through
0: along the route, the cost of land transportation will also increase. Uh, Kowazmi also says if uh, the tensions in the Red Sea continue, it may trigger inflation and other consequences affecting the country's pillar industries including tourism. Well, Chinese automakers sold a record number of cars in Russia last year, accounting for almost half of the country's auto market. According to a report released by uh, uh, Karate Auto, uh, the 550,000 3,000 Chinese cars sold in Russia represent a surge from 17% to 49% of the Russian market. Last year, Russia imported 30 Chinese car brands. Among the most popular were Havel, Cherry, and Geely. Experts say that sales of Chinese cars in Russia will further increase this year, with Chang'an, Havel, and Cherry projected to sell nearly 600,000 vehicles in total. You're listening to the Beijing Hour. Coming up in sports, a tough first-round matchup for Novak Djokovic at the Australian Open.
11: Sideline Story brings you all things sports-related. The hottest topics, latest events, juiciest stories, all with a very personal take. Subscribe to Sideline Story Podcast for heated sports discussions covering events that are happening in China and around the world.
0: 46 past the hour now. Turning to sports, and here's Young Guang. Thank you,
12: Shane. In tennis, Croatian teenager Dino Prismic gave Novak Djokovic a big scare in the opening round of the Australian Open. The 18-year-old qualifier making his Grand Slam debut took the second set to level the match before going up a brick in the third. Djokovic laboured to win the set and carried the momentum for a full-love lead in the fourth, but Prismic didn't give up. He saved five match points before it all ended in four hours. Djokovic says he was impressed by an opponent half his age.
0: I played one loose game in the second set, handed him the break, I re but I could feel that, you know, he's starting to feel more comfortable, he's not missing as much, he was It was some grueling rallies. I mean, very physical game. I mean, almost four hours for four sets. It felt at, at, at some point that I was playing myself in the mirror already.
12: In Monday's action, top Chinese player Zhang Zhizhen beat Federico Coria in straight sets to clinch his first career victory in the Australian Open main draw. Andy Murray and Stan Wawrinka both bowed out in the first round. On the women's side, Wimbledon champion Marketa Vandrosova was the biggest crash on Sunday after a straight set's defeat to qualifier Diana Jastramska. Bai Xuan was the first Chinese mainland player to take the court in the main draw, but the 21-year-old was knocked out out by Elena Avanesian from Russia in three sets. Caroline Wozniacki advanced to the second round in her first Australian Open since becoming a mom. One 20th seed, Magda Lynette retired from their match. Turning to football in the Asian Cup, big wins for Japan and Iran backed up their pre-tournament billing as two of the title favorites. Japan recovered from a hiccup to beat Vietnam 4-2 in Group D. Japan took the lead through Takumi Miminamino in the 11th minute before it suffered an early shock, conceding two goals from set place. But the four-time champion quickly regained the lead with two goals in four minutes before the break. Japanese coach Hajime Moriyasu says the rollercoaster first half was a wake-up call for his team.
8: I think those who have high expectations for the Japanese national team expect us to dominate our opponents and win. But I think the first half of the battle showed that competitions in Asia is not that easy.
12: Meantime, Iran beat Palestine 4-1 in Group C. A moment of silence was held before Sunday's match in memory of the lives lost in the conflict in Gaza. The loudest cheers of the game came when Palestinian player Thomas Seyam pulled a goal back in the first half. The Hong Kong football team lost 3-1 against the UAE. In the Africa Cup of Nations, Mohamed Salah and Victor Osiman endured a difficult start to this tournament, as Sunday turned out into a day for the underdog. Salah needed to score a late penalty to spare Egypt some embarrassment by drawing 2 all against Mozambique. Osiman was unable to lift Nigeria to a winning start as the Super Eagles were held to one all by Equatorial Guinea in their opening game. Four-time champion Ghana conceded in the injury time to lose 1-2-1 to Cape Verde, maintaining the small Atlantic island nation's record of never losing its opening Africa Cup game. In European football, Vinicius Jr. scored a hat-trick and led Real Madrid for two 4-1 rounds of Barcelona and the Spanish Super Cup trophy in Saudi Arabia. Vinicius scored his three goals in the first half as Real lifted its first trophy of the season. The victory added to Madrid's momentum as Carlo Ancelotti's team remains unbeaten in 21 consecutive games in all competitions. <laughs> We deserved to win, we started very well, we made the best of our players in the beginning of the game. Vinicius was extraordinary and played an extraordinary game. But after that, it was a whole different game, where Barcelona took control of the ball and took their chances. We struggled to take it back. Rodrigo also scored for Madrid, which now has 13 Super Cup trophies, one less than Barca. Tottenham came from behind twice to draw 2-0 at Manchester United in the Premier League. Rasmus Hyland scored an early goal and assisted another, but Richardison and Rodrigo Bentancur scored in each half to level for the Spurs. British billionaire Jim Radcliffe attended his first match since agreeing a deal for a partial takeover at Old Trafford. United has won only one of the past six league games, but manager Eric Ten Hawk says he saw positive signs about his team. I think we
5: scored some of two great goals and we conceded two very soft goals. Yeah, especially yeah, all the time a threat on set place, and we should defend set place better. And the second goal is a from a call kick, we should have been quicker in the organization, but I have seen some good spells the two goals, but also some
12: created some, some other chances, I think that was well played, so that pleased me the most. Meantime, Aston Villa missed a chance to go level on points with likely the Liverpool after a goalie straw at Everton in a lackluster match. In snooker, Ronnie L. Sullivan fought back to claim a record-extending 8th Masters title with a thrilling 10-7 victory over Ali Carter. O'Sullivan Roddy, already the youngest ever winner of the tournament, becomes the oldest ever champion too, aged 48. He trailed 6-3 in the evening session but then reeled off seven of the next eight frames to seal his win. For the first time, the world number one has the chance to win consecutive triple crown events in the same season if he takes the world championship in April. He collected his eighth UK championship in December. And finally, in motor racing, Spashian Loeb won stage 7 of the Dark Car Rally to close the gap on race leader Carlos Sainz, as the race was halfway through. The stage win was Loeb's second in a row to move the Frenchman into second place overall, 19 minutes behind Sainz. Chinese driver Han Wei has decided to quit the race due to health reasons of his co-driver. In the motorcycle section, Chile's Jose Ignacio Cornejo took the stage win, but American Ricky Brabec still tops the general classification.
0: Thank you very much. That was Yang Guang with sports. Coming up in culture and entertainment, art exhibitions marking sixty years of diplomatic ties between China and France. The Beijing Hour.
6: Hello, I'm Peter Dinklage from X-Men: Days of Future Past. You are listening to the Beijing Hour.
13: Hi, I'm Kathy Freeman, and you're listening to the Beijing Hour.
12: Hi everyone, I'm Lang Lang. Welcome to the Beijing Hour.
11: The Beijing Hour, your window to China and the world.
0: 53 minutes past the hour in culture and entertainment 2024 marks the 60th anniversary of sino-french diplomatic relations and their year of culture and tourism galleries and programs are assisting young artists in both countries to deepen cultural ties a newly opened exhibition in beijing featuring handcrafted works of art serves as just one illustration Uh, jung saran spoke to the artists involved in that project
10: at the site of the former Sino-French University in Beijing sits an art gallery dedicated to bridging and connecting young creators since
8: 2009.
11: We hope issue 8 is more like a home and a platform for young artists. We organize art residency programs just like Ferryman to bring Chinese artists to Paris and French artists to Beijing for inspiration and creativity.
10: The Gallery started the Laurier du Prix Award in 2019 to honor and sponsor Chinese and French artists. The Gallery's latest exhibition, Semi-Logique, features metallic pieces by Han Chang, who lived and worked in France in 2022 after winning the prize.
11: Often we see a sharp change of style after the artists complete their residency. Chinese artists are trained to preserve the delicacy of craftsmanship, Through residencies, they learn to express themselves in a modern and contemporary fashion and to better attract the audience's attention while keeping with tradition. I guess the artwork and the conversations in Paris do catalyze significant changes.
10: Cultural exchanges between China and France date back centuries, with handcrafted artifacts serving as early records. A notable example is the collection of Western clocks found in the Forbidden City, which blend European technique with Chinese craftsmanship. Today, young artists like Han Chang are redefining this dialogue through their work.
8: Communication is actually an act, not a purpose. I enjoyed meeting artists and attending events during the residency in Paris. I sent out my messages, and it changed subtly by the response I received.
10: Han says artistic communication and creation means balancing contradictions, which is embedded in the name of his show.
8: The semi-in semi-logic comes from a term in jewelry making when the stones are secondary in terms of value. It refers to an ambiguous state between good and bad. My artistic identity has been contradictory. As a jewelry and metal craftsman, I'm deeply involved in the beads world, yet I also teach at college and have an academic life.
10: As China and France mark their sixth decade of diplomatic ties, Artists in both countries are clearly looking to balance authenticity with globalization, tradition with modernity,
0: in the hope of fusing cultures and contributing to tomorrow's community of shared future. I was Zhang Saran on an art exhibition about China-France cultural exchanges. The renowned Yuyuan Garden Lantern Show in Shanghai has made its debut in Paris. Around 2,000 dazzling lanterns shipped from China lit up an amusement park. The 72-day Yuyuan uh, Lantern Festival in France features a variety of uh, dragon totems and other mythical creatures. Uh, the annual Yuyuan Garden Lantern Show in Shanghai is one of China's oldest lantern fairs and is being listed as a form of Chinese intangible cultural heritage. A winter storms and cinema closures in North America didn't dampen the opening weekend for Mean Girls. The Paramount release, adapted from the Broadway musical and the 2004 Tina Fey movie, earned 28 million U.S. dollars in its first three days in theaters. Close up.
9: The is the Queen Bee. Regina
0: George. A Mean Girls competition over the weekend featured several new releases, including the Jason Statham action movie, The Beekeeper. It debuted in second place with an estimated $16.8 million. Uh, third place went to Wonka, which added $8.4 million in its fifth weekend. The Timothy chalamet Chalamet-led musicals now made over $500 million globally. We're at 58 minutes past the hour. Checking the forecast before we go for the day, and uh, Beijing's down to minus 7 on Monday evening. Tuesday, it'll be cloudy and 4 degrees. Nanchang 6 overnight, then cloudy and 17. Elsewhere in Asia, Islamabad's at 4 this evening. It's sunny in 17 on Tuesday. VNTN's at 19 overnight, then sunny in 31. Phnom Penh's 24 overnight, overcast in 35 tomorrow. In Africa, Nairobi is uh, getting light rainfall and 28 degrees on Tuesday. Kampala's is 20 overnight, then a light rainfall with a high of 25. Juba's down to 23 degrees. Tomorrow's cloudy in 38. And finally, to Oceania, Port Vila's 24 this evening, then a light rainfall in 31. Pia will have a light rain on Tuesday with a high of 30 degrees Celsius. And that's it for this edition of the Beijing Hour. Uh, uh, making news today, the Chinese Premier is leading a delegation to the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland this week. And on behalf of the staff, this is Shane Bigam in the Chinese Capital, hoping you'll join us for the next edition of the Beijing Hour and open a window to the world together.